Hello and welcome to Strong Habits, the accidentally feminist fitness podcast on all things training, nutrition and mindset. I'm your host, Penny Vavridis, and this is episode 55. I walked past a house today with Christmas lights in the window. And I just wanted to point out that it's still November and this is just not acceptable. Stop it, it's not Christmas yet. 10th of December is a fine time for Christmas decorations. First at the earliest. But not the bloody first half of November, what the hell? And listen, if you are one of these early Christmas celebrators, I want you to know that you make no sense. Admittedly, I am unlikely to put Christmas decorations up at all, and my idea of a Christmas movie is Krampus, but I'm not going to start watching it until sometime in December, because without structure to hold the chaos in, we are just torpedoing through time. Time is confusing enough this year. So, stop it, was the moral of that story. In this week's episode, I'm speaking with another special guest, Afolabi Akinola, who runs a hackney gym, Elite Evolution. I met Afolabi five or so years ago when I was launching Oh My Quad. I was still a, a per- ah, I wasn't a personal trainer yet. I was a journalist, and he was in charge of a 20-minute workout at my launch party. It was held in this smoothie pop-up in East London. It was very cool. It was totally the best launch party that I've ever been to, with an exercise class, performances, ballet, poetry, songs, goodie bags, cocktails, and snacks. My sister's company was celebrating its fifth, or maybe tenth, fifth or tenth anniversary, I should probably know. So we combined our parties together. She runs an agency, so hence all of the performances. We talk about his gym in this episode, about community, about bringing black people in the industry together and making fitness more accessible. Afalabi's gym is running unlimited Zoom classes throughout lockdown, so people looking for that extra help are able to keep on training. Anyway, without further ado, here's the interview. Welcome, Afalabi. Welcome, welcome. How's it going? Everything's well. Thank you for inviting me on your show. Thank you. Thank you so much for coming. Um, So I met you, what, four or five years ago now, when I was launching in my quad? Absolutely. I remember that. That was in a space we had in Shakowal Lane. That was a long time ago. That was a long time ago. So I was still a journalist then, and you ran a fitness session for me in yeah, yeah. what I think was one of the best launch parties I've ever been to. Thank you. Bit, it was a bit strange, but it was also quite a lot of fun, I thought. And I had good time. I had a good time. I had a good time as well. I was just thinking about about all of the things you were making people do. I think we had people in suits and then doing a hit workout, which Yes. I can't remember where the area was. I know it was just in a really nice building. Um you had such an amazing setup, um, and I just came and I just thought, okay, cool, I'm gonna give these guys a serious workout. And yeah, some people were in suits and so forth, um, but it was a good vibe, it was a good environment, and funny enough, I actually got an email three weeks ago from someone who then became an instructor who wanted to use our space for, for PT and renting out, 
oh. and he referenced um that event and i was like wow that was years ago that's so cool. i don't know maybe we must have had a, a, a great impact on him so that's very cool, that's cool and man. yeah so since since then you launched your own gym didn't you in hackney right yeah so we've always kind of had a space we had a space around the corner actually um in a building called the lighthouse space and we had two spaces in there so we had a really small box and then we moved into a bigger space and then we moved literally around the corner where um i had a session with you and then we now are in hackney wick so it's been weird it's been an ongoing transition but it's been it's been positive how do you find managing your own fitness and nutrition and mindset whilst trying to run a business in a gym? That's a very good question. And if I'm totally honest, I think it's just like everybody else. It's, it's a roller coaster. Um, and I think over the years, I've learned to kind of understand my body, understand my lifestyle, and trying to find ways to get my own training in, as well as managing uh, uh, the business as well. Um, but it can be difficult. It can be very, very difficult. Um, and because I work in the school, it's weird. What happens is when I'm on half term, all my training is done in the morning. Like I'm up 7 a.m., I'm already out for the gym. But then as soon as I'm back in school, it does a flip. So everything's in the evening. So it can be difficult during like term times and stuff because it's just your energy levels, I guess. Um, but yeah. It's hard. <laughs> it's really, really, really hard. Um, planning sometimes goes out the window. Uh, you have like a good consistent two weeks, you feel good. And then all of a sudden it's just kind of just starts to dip a little bit. And then you're just like, I haven't been to the gym in like four days. Um, but then what's weird is then I think, well, I'm riding to work, which is about four miles away from where I live, from where I work. So I'm like, I'm getting that in, but I'm just like, that's not really training. In my head, anyway, it's not really training, so um, it's tough, man. It's tough. I think it's helpful for people to hear that other fitness people also yeah. sometimes to get training in because often, I guess, if you're not a fitness person and you're just someone who's trying to do some exercise, mm -hmm. it probably seems like fitness people are training all of the time and it's really easy and motivation isn't a problem, but. We, well, I, I know I definitely have the same the same issues that many other people have, and it's, again, it's just trying to trying to find consistency, and that can be hard depending on your lifestyle. Like lots of things can happen, like especially with the pandemic that's you know in play right now, it's just throws everything out of whack. Um, I remember, I think the first few weeks, especially during the pandemic, I was just like, man, I don't have no 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 weights really. I'm just like, what am I going to do? I don't want to do hit classes and cardio for for however long this pandemic is going to be on. So it, it kind of takes a bit of time. But then I think what I did notice is that I picked up other things that kind of helped to rehabilitate myself. So I did a lot of stretching. So my stretching improved. Um, and just kind of taking care of my body and kind of in a more kind of wellness kind of aspect. So it swings in roundabouts, I guess, doesn't it? Yeah, absolutely. I found that my mobility definitely got better over lockdown, especially just because I was doing something every day. And even though mm. I'm generally quite consistent with movement, mm. I don't think there's ever been a period of time where I've done at least 10 minutes every single day of moving all of my joints in all of the directions. And that was excellent. Good. 
I just realized I skipped a step and I didn't get you to introduce yourself to all of the people so they know who I'm talking okay. about. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, my name is Afalabi. Um, I am one part of three who run an organization, a gym in Hackney called Elite Evolution. We're based in Hackney Wick. Uh, we've been running for 12 years now, 12, 12 years. And we specialize in health, fitness, sports, and well-being. Um, and we just got a range of services from personal training, fitness classes, hiring out our space as well to people who want to use it to run fitness classes or PT their clients. Um, we do events, uh, work with a lot of charities. So it's, there's, there's a lot of things we're doing. So, yeah. <laughs> what, what kind of charities do you work with? So we've worked with Crisis. So last year we did a shoebox campaign. And we wanted to collect 500 pairs of shoes to give to the homeless on Christmas Day. So we, we reached the target. Um, then on Christmas Day, we went around around the borough of Hackney, went into Stratford, Homerton, gave out shoes to the homeless. Then our last stop was with Crisis because they run something in Hackney every year. Um, and then we just gave them the rest of the shoes to just donate to the, to the homeless. So we worked with them. Uh, we worked with Reach Out, um, which is a... Uh, organization that supports young people um, and we sponsored them with their Hackney Marathon that was again last year so giving massages and so forth to the people that were running so that was good fun as well so yeah we've done quite a, a bit that's nice it's nice as well that you're doing Hackney specific stuff mm. so then you're helping the community yeah definitely I think it's important I think because I grew up in Hackney um, and my business partners, we grew up in Hackney, we went to school in Hackney. We have lots of family still here. I think it's so important to give back to the community um, and also to inspire the other people who are in the community just to say, well, you know what, we did it or we're doing it and you're in a position as well to be able to do it as long as you you know, put all the things in place that allow it to happen. So, yeah, it's important, I think. What sort of people do you normally work with in your gym? We work with everyone across the board, but... I think what we notice, especially with specific services, is if we're working with, for example, we do membership. So you have a lot of men who come and, and have membership with us. And that can range. They could be from all kinds of backgrounds. Some of them are students. Some of them have moved from outside of London. Some people live in the local community. Uh, we work with children. So because I work in a school, I know a lot of the students in the borough. So work with a lot of kids who come over and they come and do sessions with us um whether it's grassroots sports or just recreational kind of fitness and we work in the actual community in terms of like the states and so forth as well so it's it's a, it's a what we try to build is a nice family-based organization and everyone's welcomed um and i think that's encouraging as well you want to kind of feel welcomed when you come into a gym space you don't want to feel awkward or should i be here or, or should i not be here so that's kind of our vibe anyway. That's really nice. I think a lot of the time when it comes to fitness, people are often really intimidated. Yeah. And it does seem like a thing that is for people who are already really fit and strong, which yeah. is very helpful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that happens, that happens. And I think, but I think it's about that, that first impression, especially when people come into our gym, especially if I'm there, it's about welcoming people. How you doing? How's your day? Kind of getting to know them as a person rather than 
you know, everyone comes in, headphones on, and everyone's kind of silent, and they go to an old section. I think it's about just welcoming. And I was always raised to, to be polite. So I think it's important to say, hello, how are you doing? Do you need any help? Do you need any advice? Et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So, um, yeah. And I think then that gets rid of all the kind of intimidation. What's your favourite story to tell from the gym? Favourite story to tell? You know what? My favourite story to tell is actually seeing people progress. Um, we've got this really massive tyre in our studio. It's like, it's so heavy. Um, and it's watching individuals come and trying to lift this tyre. And then they're like, I can't do this. Then maybe a week or two later, they come back and then they're lifting it. So for me, it's about seeing progress. That's like the ultimate story, seeing the progress in individuals, lifting things um, that they can never do or in their head they think they can't do. So yeah, definitely lifting the tire. I've seen some people <laughs> uh, go through a tough time trying to lift it, but once they do it, it's just like a massive satisfaction. Massive. Yeah, that's nice. I, th I think with, with something really specific like that, with the giant tire, it gives you something to keep trying until you're able yeah, to yeah, do it. Yeah, yeah, massively, massively. Because it's like, because uh, sometimes they get to it and they can move it a little bit and it's just like, I'm moving it a bit so I know I can do it, but I just don't have that energy to be able to really lift up and then flip it over. So it's watching them and their reaction when they do it and then sometimes they might have some battle scars. And I think that's always great as well when you have a battle scar and you've done it. Like you've got maybe a few scratches on your arms or on your legs and it's just like, yeah, look, you deserve that. <laughs> you worked for that. So that's always a good thing. That's always good. I know you've been doing a lot of work to help other black fitness professionals in the industry. Yeah. Can we talk a bit about that? Um, so what we wanted to do with our gym is to create a space that allows you know, other black businesses to uh, thrive and have opportunities to build their brand. Uh, you know, one of our mottos is uh, grow together, win together. So we definitely believe in working with other people. It's not about, okay, really evolution and we're just going to kind of do that, keep everything um, separate. No, we feel like it's important to hire the space out. So we have people who rent our space out to run their own fitness classes. Um, couple of times a week uh, we had a really really good company called Stronger um, and now they've got their own gym and they're based in Bethnal Green and it was amazing working with them we were with them for about a year so and they were running classes like four times a week running workshops for women so I was really really happy about that um, other people have done international women day events in our space as well um, got lots of personal trainers who are also uh, doing other stuff there as well so it's important. I think it's very, very important to show that we care and we're supporting. Um, and that's not to say we're not supporting anybody else because, you know, we do. Um, but, you know, we think it's really important to really like push black businesses. We think it's important because it allows to have representation. I think there's a lot of people who have a stigma about fitness, especially in the black community. Wherever they feel training is actually not for them. Maybe it's because they don't see it. So it's always good to have people coming in and training who can see themselves and feel like, oh, I can take part in that. Like, I can see myself doing what they're doing. So it must be okay. It must be cool to do it. Um, and it just breaks down those barriers. So I think it's very important. Well, 
do you think you've been able to get to members of the public who maybe wouldn't normally do exercise? But... Oh, yes, 100%. <clears throat> and, it's, and it's crazy because it's almost like a domino effect because what happens is you get the opportunity to train maybe one person, they start to develop, make progress, they recommend it onto somebody else because they're like, oh, wow, what have you been doing? And they're like, oh, well, I've got a personal trainer, et cetera, et cetera. They're like, oh, I'm going to come. And then they come. And then they bring their friends. And then all of a sudden, it's just like one big, you know, social group of people who just want to come and train. And whether it's by membership, fitness classes, personal training, they're just, they're all coming together. So I think that's, I think that's positive, definitely. Yeah, absolutely. That's wonderful. I think that's the hardest thing sometimes as a coach and then also as a gym mm. to be talking to other people who aren't already bought into the idea of doing exercise because they're the ones that need the most help. Yeah. But they're the hardest to reach. So many barriers, um, agriculturally, financially, um, time. There's so many barriers that they can give to say, well, I can't take part in this. I can't do this. You know, there's no options. But there are options. There are options. I think, especially with the pandemic, online training. You know, that's that's a, that's a possibility now. You know, you don't actually have to be there physically. So it's about, you know, how much do you really want it, um, and how we can kind of fit things in. So you know, we offer discounts as well. We do like student um, discounts. Um, we subsidize sometimes our prices for some people who can't financially afford it um and it's about just being inclusive making sure everyone has an opportunity so it's not about okay well we're going to price it at this and then that means now creating another barrier for you to know even to come and we, we're not about that and we don't agree with that that must make it really hard to keep well i mean i guess not because you've been going for 12 years so it's it's yeah. working but it as someone who runs a business it sounds like a way to end up not making enough money to cover all of your bases if you keep giving everyone discount how do you manage that um i think we have a we have a base template and the discounts are used where necessary if that kind of makes sense it's not kind of like a, a blanket tool for everybody it's more about you know we have a base uh, kind of system in terms of how we price everything and that, that's running incredibly. So then because of that, we're in a position to say, well, you know, yeah, we can give you a month's free membership. Like for example, um, there's a guy who is one of our members and the great thing about members is you can network with them as well. And then you find out that they do interesting things. So one of them does photography and videography. So that's great. And he offered to do some promo work for us. So in return, you know, it's like, well, we're going to offer you two months free membership. But he really bought a year's worth. So he's like, can my friend come? He said, absolutely. Your friend can come two months. And that's, that, that cost us nothing because, you know, and then he's paying for it. It's just him using the space. Um, we get a nice free promo for our space. He gets two months membership, you know, and then yeah. hopefully if he likes it, then he signs up. So you can use it as well as a, as a, as a way to kind of pull people in. Um, but yeah, it's, and there's and there's lots of ways around it. Funding as well. We we do a lot of funding bids, so we can subsidise certain things because of funding. Um, so 
yeah, it's lots of positives there. That's cool. So is the funding like government funding as an organisation that's helping the community? So yeah, so it could be it could be government funding. There's lots of organisations that are you know giving money to organisations who want to help. Um, Mind Charity. So we worked with Mind Charity last year, providing boxing for uh, the community for men, um, and they funded us. And so what that meant was we were able to go and reach out to as many men as we wanted to, and provide boxing sessions. So they didn't have to pay for it. And they got a session and then you know we were looked after as well so kind of it kind of goes hand in hand really mind the mental health charity yeah so uh this one was based in hackney it's hackney and islington mind charity so yeah they were good good organization we liked working with them as well that's cool i think it's it's really helpful when people mix fitness and mental health because so often we think of them as these separate things, but they're not. And mental health is still something that people aren't that comfortable talking about, mm. even though it's also something that is just as normal as like physical health. Yeah. Is it, is it something you guys talk about in the gym, like with your clients? Yeah, definitely. And sometimes you can see it when people come into the studio and they come to train and you can kind of feel the energy as well. You can always tell if someone's had a good day or someone's had a bad day um, just from the way they respond or you know, their, their physical interaction with you. Um, and it's something that we definitely talk about because again, like you said, it is a combination. They are one in the same. Um, and you know, if you're in a good mood, you feel elevated, you're going to push yourself a bit more. And when you're not in a good mood, you know, you're going to feel a kind of way uh, and or you might not even turn up anymore. You just like stop turning up. Um, and we think it's so important that we talk about it. It's so important that we address it um, in a way that's obviously suitable for everybody. You know, we don't just kind of put it out there, especially with our, with our clients, but we do do check-ins. I think that's so important. Um, and during the pandemic, we did a lot of that. You know, make sure we check in with everybody. So we always check in with our clients. How's everyone doing? Hope everyone's well. There's some support here. Like I know that men's mental health is particularly something that doesn't get talked about. Mm. And then I guess it's probably even worse amongst black men, right? People just mm. don't just don't want to talk about it. How... Yeah, I think it's changing a bit though. I do think it's changing. Um, maybe not face to face, but WhatsApp groups. If you know, I've got so many WhatsApp groups, and there's always a conversation in there. Um, and sometimes there's even someone in there who you might have a really close relationship with that you might just have a one-to-one conversation and say, well, how about this? I know I've definitely used that where I've spoken to my business partners. And I'm just like, I need some advice, X, Y, Z, something's going on maybe at work or in my life. Can you, can you, can you help out? So how helpful and powerful is it having people that you can talk to about these things? Very helpful because for me personally, I never used to. It was kind of a thing where you just kind of dealt with it by yourself. Um, I'm the oldest of five. So I was the one to kind of help support my siblings and so forth. So you never had always someone above you to help. So I had to do everything. 
So you kind of just keep everything kind of bottled in. But then once you realize that you can actually share what's going on, and then it's like, oh, no, someone actually cares, someone's going to listen to you. So I think that's so vital, so vital. Otherwise, you're still kind of running yourself into the ground. Um, and then you get to the point where, you know, you can't, you know, control the situation and it gets out of hand and anything can go wrong from there. So I think for myself, it's been really good having, you know, strong black men around me who I can go to and get support from. What was it that changed for you to realise that you could talk to people? Women. <laughs> women, women, because I think naturally women do it. I know I'm kind of stereotyping, but from my experiences, I've always seen women feel more comfortable talking about whatever's going on in their lives. And I think the women that I've been around have, you know, shown me, well, you can be open, you can express yourself. It doesn't take anything away from you. You know, if you're going through something, you know, you don't have to be hard and stern about it and pretend it doesn't exist when it's still there. So, um, so for all the women in my in my life, I'm like truly grateful because they've kind of shown me a different way to, you know, manage my own mental health, I guess. That's wonderful. I think it's definitely something that our generation is slowly getting better at. I mm. think our parents' generation didn't really spend any time thinking about mental health because it was everything was too hard and they were busy just trying to survive. Um, yeah. Especially, I think, especially people who are children of immigrants. Because, like, my parents were just working all of the time just so they yeah. could, like, feed us. They didn't have time to, like, talk to me about emotional things. Nope. And <laughs> I think that means that we all had to figure it out by ourselves now. 100%. 100%. Like, even now, my sister's, um, she's like, oh, I love you. And I'm like, what? What do you mean? <laughs> <laughs> or she would try and give me a hug I'm like what's going on I'm like this is a interesting feeling what's, what's this about uh-huh. it's, it's good it's good because it's just breaking down the barriers that you've you know you've created within your life as you as you grow up um, but it's a it's a nice reminder to say you know what you can just you know relax and let go a little bit what sort of things do you do to look after your own mental health and well-being lots of stuff um i go away i might go away on holiday by myself i kind of like me time i like to chill i like to relax in the sauna i like to just i sometimes i go out to eat by myself i'll go to the cinema by myself just to kind of just do things that doesn't impact on anybody else you know i might just get up and go for a bike ride um i'm really into my sports so i'll go and skate I'll go and snowboard and you know I'll just do that by myself and I think it just gives you a chance to kind of connect with yourself as well I think sometimes we think we have to be with somebody we always have to be there um and you know I've got so much love for my partner um but I also encourage her I say you know what you need to go away go and travel you know just do what makes you happy at that moment in time and I'm always going to be here and then we can come back and connect when we need to so um that's my advice for everybody um have you time that's excellent maybe that's your homework listeners at some point this week go and do a nice thing by yourself and just hang out i i used to do that all the time and people always 
feel like there's something sad about going to dinner by yourself but I really love it because you don't have to like negotiate and you can take your time and it's a really nice thing and you can take your book if it's a place that's not going to kick you out and you can sit Absolutely. there with sangria and you can do some reading and it's a wonderful yeah, time. I've been to some nice restaurants by myself I'm like can I get a table for one please <laughs> and order a nice meal take my time with it just watching people people are probably watching me thinking like is, 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 is he by himself is someone coming I'm just there just enjoying myself. Yeah that's wonderful I mean obviously not right now because we can't really do any of the things which is which is a shame yeah but there are still some there are still some things that you can go and do by yourself and it's real nice and in fact being by yourself is probably the most socially responsible thing you can do absolutely um how have you been coping with corona pandemic lockdown life you know what being at home i enjoyed it i'm not gonna lie i felt like it was just a shift in energy i felt like i my body just rehabilitated during that period of time. There were certain aches and pains I had for my day-to-day, -day, working in school, going to the gym and so forth, that I just didn't get um, being on a lockdown. Like I was a lot more loose and, and more flexible. I just woke up with more energy. I could just do a lot more. Um, so I kind of enjoyed it. And also it gave me an opportunity to kind of work on my relationship as well uh, with my partner. And that was even better because uh, it just meant it just grew from strength to strength. Um, so I think it's so important um, that, you know, you can reevaluate what's going on around you. And if you can do that, you know, that's a great skill to have. And I've been fortunate to be really conscious about what's around me. So I made sure I put myself in a position where it's like, well, this is what I'm going to do to kind of benefit myself and benefit those around me as well. How can people cultivate that skill of like being aware of where they are? It's really hard, but you have to look in the mirror. You have to look in the mirror. You have to kind of face it head on and be true to yourself. You have to be truthful to yourself. I think if you are not true to what's actually going on in your life, it's easy for things to go by. And sometimes we make excuses you know, but I think if you bring it down to its truest form, you can say, well, this is happening in my life because of this. And then once you know that, it's then up to you whether you make that change. But then at least you have that conscious awareness that, well, I can either change it or I'm happy with it and I stick to, stick with doing it, if that, if that makes sense. So, you know, if I want to go and eat a chocolate bar, I'm going to eat the chocolate bar because that's what I want to do and not feel bad about the fact I'm eating a chocolate bar because I know what it does to me. But I'm going to eat it because why not? <laughs> um, but I think it's, not, it's, it's all about conscious thought. I think if you can have a conscious mindset, you see so much more. You can do more as well. You can create more opportunities around you. Um, and you can deal with negativity better as well, in my opinion, anyway. So what, what sort of things can people listening do to start building that conscious mindset? How did you do it? You have to kind of know what your skill sets are and what your ability is, what you're capable of doing. Um, for example, um, I knew I, I, I got so many different injuries playing football. So I knew as time went on, 
I was limited to what I could do. So would I continue doing that? That's going to keep damaging my body? Or do I find something that's going to suit what my body is capable of doing now and find a new kind of love, if that, if that makes sense, um, and then do that? And then it just it just goes in roundabouts. So you know you might find that well what you're doing then doesn't work. So you move on to something else. Um, and I think I'm very good at not beating myself up about things. I just understand this is the situation. So how do I move on to something else that's going to make me feel better about myself? Whereas it can be really easy to kind of dwell on oh, why I can't do that. So what am I going to do? What am I going to do? So as well, you can move on to something else. But I guess it's that connection that you built with that, and it's some for some people it's really hard. Um, whereas for myself, I can just kind of like, well, I just put that to the side and just enjoy that memory, and then create a new one. Gosh, um, that's very efficient because the transition bit, I think, is the really hard bit when you know that <laughs> you know that the thing isn't really that helpful, but you really like doing the thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's it's hard. It's a, it's a mindset, I guess. It's a mindset. It's really hard to kind of put it into a, a package and say, this is it, it's, it's really difficult. Um, but for myself, I think, it, again, it's just being conscious, being conscious about what's going on in your life, being conscious what's around you, being conscious about what you let in and what you give out um, and, and, and so forth. And being humble as well. Fitness is, and health is, is very, very humbling. You know, no one, no one can beat the fitness and the health industry. You, you can't beat it. You can only just work within it to the best of your ability um so you've got to respect it otherwise it's just not going to respect you back the uh, industry or fitness itself both <laughs> i think both both i think both of them um and it's hard trying to navigate both um but it's possible it's very very possible thank you for your time today this has been a fun little chat about business and mindset was there anything else you wanted to tell me that i haven't already asked you what are you doing you. yeah what are you doing how is what are you doing with your with your uh your podcast like like yeah. why did you get into this i thought i'd flip it on to you <laughs> so i started the podcast at the end of december slash the beginning of january um i started it as a way as a thing that's aside to my online group package so that my clients could ask me questions each week and then I'd be able to look at the science and then answer the questions and I started bringing guests on the show maybe halfway through lockdown as a way to get some different perspectives and talk to people who know about things that I don't know that much about so then I get to do some learning which is one of my favorite tasks and then also I get to share some wisdom with my clients and whoever else is listening to the podcast which I thought would be helpful and fun and it's a really good excuse to talk to people because as a naturally introverted person I could quite easily never talk to anybody ever again and sometimes I need a reason to do it <laughs> but I really enjoy the podcast this is actually my favorite my favorite of all of my content related tasks is is the podcast Oh, that's good. That's good. I'll be honest. This is my first time doing a podcast. So, yeah. Thank you for inviting me on. Um, hopefully we have many more to come. Yeah, hopefully. I would like you to give me a fun fact. I like to share random fun facts at the end of the episodes. And as the guest, it's your turn. Fun fact is 
Um, I love snowboarding. Um, one of my best adventures was going to Scotland. Uh, I went to Glenshee. It was an interesting one because I remember it because I was by myself. Um, this was probably the fourth time I've been snowboarding. I got all my gear. I was the only black guy on this mountain. I remember because I got there real early. It was 10 a.m. And I got all my gear. I was sitting on the top of the mountain. And I was just like, oh, my gosh. I'm just like here by myself. There's like all these other families. And it was misty. And I was like, can I even do this? Should I just like unclip myself and go back down? Uh, but I got the courage and did the first run and then got that the way and then just carried on doing it. So, yeah, my fun fact is snowboarding. I love snowboarding. I've been to, um, I've been to France. I've been to um, Austria, um, Scotland as well. Um, and my next one I want to go to is in Japan. That's my next place I want to go. That's very exciting. One of my clients went snowboarding in Japan last year, I think. Amazing. I didn't know that you could snowboard in Scotland. I mean, I guess that makes sense because there are lots of mountains and it's very cold, yeah. but I hadn't made that connection. <laughs> Glenshee. The place is called Glenshee. Um, it's really nice. It's the first time I've ever been there. So for me, it was like amazing. Um, yeah. Was Was it really scary being the only black guy on the mountain? Is that why you wanted yeah. to go back down? I think it's, it, it was. A, yeah. Because I was just like, I don't really, I don't know anybody. I was by myself. People were probably looking at me thinking like, what's this guy doing here? This is like the most random <laughs> Friday morning to see a random black guy by himself doing snowboarding. But it's cool because I think it's about kind of, again, breaking the, 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 those traditions and those norms. Because I think a lot of people think snowboarding, they think cold. And it's the total opposite. You know, you create so much body heat just trying to stay upright um, that the cold is the last thing you, you think of. Um, so, yeah. Is snowboarding traditionally more of a white people's sport? Oh, definitely. It's, and I think that's because it may be from a financial point of view, you know, uh, the trips can be expensive. The gear is very expensive as well. And it's, it's a whole collection of things, you know, paying for the flight, paying for the hotel, the ski, the, the ski lifts are quite expensive as well. Um, and if you're not in the, you know, pretty decent financial position, you're not going to get that opportunity. Yeah, I mean, that's why I've never been snowboarding before, because it's so expensive. And I could probably go on like five holidays for the same amount. Yeah. <laughs> I think they're getting better. I think there's like lots of packages that you can have now. I can't believe you have to also pay for the lift. You'd think if you were paying for the activity, the lift would be included. How else are you supposed to get up the mountain? So you pay. So you, yeah. So you, you can hire out the gear or you can have your own gear, but then you have to pay to get on the lift to take you to the top of the mountain. And then... You could pay for like a day pass, two day passes, three days, four days, but there's no way you're going to get up there without getting on that lift. Uh, but that's what it is. That's what it is. Gosh. But it's well, worth it. That was, that was a great fact. Thanks. I feel like I learned something about snowboarding. If people would like to find you slash your gym, how can they do yeah. so? So our website is elite-evolution.co.uk or .com. Uh, we're based in Hackney Wick. Um, our Instagram is Elite Evolution. Um, you can follow us there. We've got all our classes, memberships. Um, and if you want to hire a space out to run a fitness class or your personal trainer and you need a space to train clients, 
we can facilitate that as well. Um, nice friendly pace. So yeah. Amazing. Thank you very much. Thanks so much for coming on the show today. It was nice to see your face too after all this time. I know, I know. it's been a pleasure. And until next time, see you later. Thanks so much for listening to the Strong Habits podcast. If you've enjoyed the show, I would love it if you could rate and review it on Apple iTunes. I'd also really appreciate it if you shared this episode with your friends and colleagues. That would mean a lot to me. You can find me, Penny Vavridis, on Twitter, Instagram or Facebook at SuperPenny. Penny is spelt with an I-E. I work with clients online and in person at Finsbury Park Pure Gym. One-to-one spaces are limited, but get in touch if you would like to work with me. I will be putting links to today's guest in the episode description, so check it out if you would like to find them. Until next time, folks.